Welcome to the Positive Solutions for Life podcast. I'm Peggy Meyer, and I'm so excited you are here. In this and future episodes released on Fridays of each week, you will hear from other entrepreneurs, creators, and personal growth leaders through interviews and summaries of personal development books, strategies, tools, and ideas that can help you transform your mind and body from the inside out so you can truly, truly live the life you desire. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly Snyder. How are you doing today? I am great. I'm super excited to chat with you. I am too. I'm going to tell the listeners a little bit about you before we start our conversation. So Kelly Snyder has been a storyteller, a dreamer, and connector of people for over 20 years. She is a best-selling author and story strategist who thoughtfully collects and preserves stories through creating events, writing books, interviewing guests on her podcast, and facilitating life-changing story workshops. She's an expert at extracting stories and identifying value and strength within the narrative. As an acclaimed event producer, she highlights her clients' individual stories, needs, and goals. Since the 1990s, Kelly's story-focused events have raised over $12 million for charities around the world. Kelly brings her mission of supporting and inspiring others to life through sharing the stories that connect us all. Through her platforms, The Power of Story Conference 2017, Epic Exchanges podcast, and the Epic Exchanges collaborative book series, she helps people find the true gifts within their stories in order to share, inspire, and transform lives. Kelly thrives in finding ways to connect people, whether it is charity, food and wine, or simply an engaged conversation. She is able to see the possibilities that are often overlooked in both in business and personal interactions. Kelly's generosity and sharing her stories of overcoming has emboldened thousands to find the freedom and strength to share their own. Welcome, Kelly. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like listening. I'm like, oh, it keeps going. This is great. Making me feel really good. Oh, well, it's all about you. It's all about your life and, and so much that you have given to others, especially through stories. And I'm so interested because I just love to hear people's stories, but you connect people with their stories. And you have published two books. One is The Gift in Your Story, that was a collaborative effort. And the newest one, Your Story, Your Strength. Can you tell and share a little bit about each one of those? Uh, yeah. So the gift in your story um, was a bit of a pandemic project. I, I've always felt, I've always known how important our stories are. And whether we have a corporation or we're an individual or we have a solo business uh, enterprise, our stories help us connect with other people. They help us realize that we are more the same than we are different. And so I was super lucky to connect with 11 women who trusted me to take them through a process of finding their stories, doing some healing work because they're not, stories aren't inspiring or encouraging or motivating or any of the positive things if they're not healed. Yes. We pass on the pain. And I learned that because of my story. <laughs> and, and then, so once we did some healing work, then it was about sharing their story in a way that um, did inspire people and really brought out the gift 
in whatever their experience was, the good things, the blessings mm -hmm. that we, none of us would have without going through the challenges. Correct. Correct. And then my book, Your Story, Your Strength, and it's hard yes. to see there, but yes, uh, there it is, uh, is it takes my story, which starts uh, when I was three years old and there was a fire that took the lives of my parents that I and my sister were um, rescued from and the ensuing problems that developed, the ensuing things that happened in my life because of that big trauma and tragedy. Mm -hmm. uh, and it weaves it in between the importance of finding our stories, all of our stories. They don't have to be just challenging, overcoming stories. They're the positive stories, the achievements as well, and how important it is to collect them all, to make sure they're healed, <laughs> and all the yeah. things that kind of come uh, into that healing process, and then finding the way that's right for us to share them to inspire others. Because our story, the things that we've learned, the ways we've grown mm -hmm. is really our legacy at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, I think it's um, Maya Angelou, who might be wrong about that, but who says that people don't remember, and I'm totally paraphrasing, don't remember what we did. Mm -hmm. They remember how we made them feel. Yes. And that's where our stories come in. Oh, all of, there's so much there. I mean, I'm just like... <laughs> There's so much. I want to like, you know, you talked about, you know, a lot of times we think, I think, you know, stories always have this, you know, oh, a tragic moment, you know, where our lives are transformed. And, and I don't know, I don't feel like I have that in my story background. So how do you help people, you know, that might not feel like they have any, you know, big tragedy in their life? to know that they, their stories matter. Cause you said something about positive aspects too, and accomplishments. So how do you help people kind of, well, I don't have a tragedy, so I don't really have a story. Yeah. So a couple things there. One is that when we live our stories every day, our experience every day, we tend to normalize it. So it becomes kind of boring. A lot of the uh, responses I get from people is, oh, my story's too boring because they're, com we compare our stories to ones that we've read, ones that inspire us. And we often find ours lacking because the more we go through it every day, the more it just becomes part of our life. And it doesn't seem so extraordinary anymore. So to give you an example, um, and this always hits people really hard, okay. <laughs> but um, just as a, a little caveat, uh, 18, almost 18 years ago, my sister-in-law had a major stroke and she was left locked in, which means that she is totally paralyzed, but fully cognitive. And she can only move her eyes up for yes and down for no. Mm. So she can answer yes or no questions, fully cognitive. Uh, when she had her stroke, her kids were nine and five, and I was really close with them and stuff. But all of that to say that the more we lived in the reality of her stroke and her new situation and taking care of like our family, just kind of like closing in and taking care of everyone. The, the, the more it was just like, you just get through each day and it becomes normal and it doesn't become as impactful, but someone else hearing it for the first time would be, Oh my gosh, like, what did you do? How did you manage? How did her kids manage? How are they like all those questions right. where it seems because it is, it's a tragedy mm -hmm. and it's traumatic, but 
we learn to live our lives. So that's what I mean when I say normalize. So we kind of forget the impact of our stories, number one. Mm -hmm. But number two is, yes, it's positive stories as well as the challenging ones. And I, it, the fact that I said positive, I don't love that because I don't like terming them positive or negative. Right, they just right. what they um, but I actually, I help people find all of those by, I run a free masterclass called Start Your Story Collection that is really about having people start to find the hundreds, if not thousands of stories that we all have that can impact people. Because we forget, we forget a lot of them, but we also don't think of a lot of them as stories. And they can be anything from whatever someone else thinks is cool about us, <laughs> you know, that or or a bucket list item that someone's like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. Like whenever I tell people that um, my years long dream of doing a hot air balloon ride I did in Sedona over the, all the cool rock formations and everything oh. people are like oh I've always wanted to do that I'm like that's actually a cool story that that inspires people to then do something on their bucket mm -hmm. list yeah so yeah. it doesn't have to be these big trauma drama like overwhelming things mm -hmm. Yeah, I re that really hits home as far as like, you know, we live our lives and we just, it's just normal to us, right? Yeah. Like what we do every day, you know, is just, we live it, it's day in, day out, like no big deal. But it's interesting to ask, have somebody else, you know, say what they are inspired, you know, about you mm -hmm. and to give a different perspective. You know, it's like kind of those um, exercises where, you know, and kids in school, at least my kids, at least in school, come home and they're like, they have a sheet of paper and everybody has to put down what they like about that person, you know, and it's like, oh, it's kind of eye-opening. So you're just saying any of those things could be great stories. Yeah, because it, it all comes down to what have we learned from that experience hmm. or what are we proud of in that experience? What what do we have now in our lives that we wouldn't have had without that experience? Mm -hmm. Whether it's challenging, whether it's an achievement, whether it's just something cool and fun. Yeah. So I'm just thinking all my kids' achievements, you know, you know, got six kids and, you know, four of them have been in college and also have done college sports. And it's just like, that just seems normal in our house, <laughs> but it's not normal. Not, you know, not everybody does yeah. that. And so working up towards that, what choices, you know, what did they learn, you know, through that process? So it's just a learning. It's, yeah. it's a story about something you've learned. Exactly. And so we all have those. I sure hope we learn something every day. <laughs> well, and, and if we think about what it is that inspires us in someone else or in their story, like when I think back to the first story that I kind of like caught on to mm -hmm. and realized, oh, like this excites me. It it inspires me. Uh, it's actually a Canadian Olympian rower uh, who was in a major accident six weeks before the Olympics. She was a world champion, like had, had won all the world's races and she was expected to win gold. She was training another country's boat, went into her, ripped her leg open, and they didn't think she'd ever walk again. And her story, basically six weeks later, she ended up 
competing in the Olympics and winning bronze. She didn't win gold, but that was beside the point. I was in tears. Yeah. You know, A, because I'm Canadian and she's Canadian and and we as a the country followed every moment. Mm -hmm. But it's such a story of overcoming and triumph. And here she'd won a medal on the world stage. And not only that, they didn't think she'd walk again. She yeah. spent six weeks in the hospital doing whatever she could to keep up her strength, to keep up her training, to, to train her muscles so that she could get back in the rowing skill. Like, and that to me, I still get chills. Yes. Yes. But it's those stories, you know, overcoming, have we overcome something in our own lives? That's a story for us. Right. Yeah. And you talked about leaving a, you know, it's kind of a legacy, you know, it's, it's sometimes I, I, you know, those stories from the past, like, Who's going to know about them unless we tell them? Yeah. And how many of our, you know, I'm just thinking my dad passed away a year ago, you know, all those stories that are, that are gone. gone. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I talk about that in my book and also it's, it's a new area that I'm exploring to help people mm -hmm. with because I've had a lot of feedback about that is when I was in my twenties, I had this idea because my grandparents had such cool stories about the being living where I grew up and, mm -hmm. and the formation of the town suburb of Vancouver and everything. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I had this idea that I wanted to record them to capture the stories. And then I thought, you know, I'm in my early twenties. They're going to think it's stupid. I'm wasting my time. I'm going to get all this negativity. And I never did it. And now with my grandparents and my parents all gone, my adoptive family, as well as my birth family, um, I've lost that opportunity. And I think a lot of people that, that I'm talking to are feeling like that opportunity is slipping away from them as well. Mm -hmm. So how do we start capturing those stories of our ancestors because they inform who we are? Yeah. And whether we believe it or, and know it or not, mm -hmm. the more we know about their stories and whatever they've been through, what they've learned, the more actual insight we have into ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we actually can have healing from that as well. Yeah. And I want to touch, you know, wrap back around with that healing process, because I feel like, you know, I've experienced looking back on a situation or an experience and I can learn new things from it. And you talked about with uh, the gift of your story, the 11 women that you worked with and you had, and they had to go through the healing process first. So how can, you know, stories heal us, but also, you know, transform. So maybe, maybe more so on the healing process. Right. So when I first started writing my story, the first version of this book uh, mm -hmm. was about 80 typewritten pages, like 16 years ago. So it's like, it's been a long process. Yeah. Uh, and I had three people read it. I had my sister read it and she was like, Hey, it's your story. And then I had a friend read it. Who's like, Oh, you got to keep writing. I want to know what happens next. And then I had one other friend read it who uh, is, has her doctorate in counseling and everything. And her response was all I feel is the pain. Mm. And I realized that it wasn't there yet. And so healing the healing process is multi-layered and it's different for everyone. And it can include counseling and therapy. It can include having the conversations where we gain deeper understanding. It's a lot of dedicated work on ourselves, journaling, really diving into why we do the things we do, why we think the things we think. 
and where our hurts and insecurities are that maybe need more attention. And I do in the work that I do with my groups, uh, uh, I have a group called the Sacred Story Circle. That's small group program for eight to 12 weeks, depending on the group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we spend a third of that time on healing stuff and it's diving into the emotion and how do we want to change that emotion and how do we, are we looking at things objectively? Are we seeing things? Uh, This is a great quote that just kind of, came back to me this week. Anais Nin says, we do not see things as they are. We see them as we are. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to take a step back from our stories. And, and quite honestly, the stories we tell ourselves about them. Mm-hmm. So oh, yes. mm-hmm. if we haven't uh, had an interaction 10 years ago and I my feelings were hurt, you know, was that actually something that you did or said, or is it something in me And, but until we know, until I know your story, I can never break that down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had that realization recently where I was a teenager working at a summer camp and I was working in the kitchen and there was this other young girl at the time, same age as me, same stage in life, first time there in the kitchen. I thought she was so cool and I just wanted to be her friend. And I was trying to like get in to whatever it looked like. And I just... I'd never felt connected to her. And just recently we had this major reunion of anybody that worked at this camp back in that decade. It's a long time ago now. And she actually got up to share a piece of her story at one point at a mealtime. And she talked about how insecure she was and how weird and different she felt and how uncomfortable she was and how some people called her out and said, hey, stop hiding behind your hair. She had the best hair. And, you know, like, and how people saw her. And I realized in that moment that the way I was feeling back in my late teens, early 20s, wasn't about me not being cool enough to be her friend or whatever. It was totally about her and how she saw herself and her insecurities. And so it's not until we engage with people that we can learn those things about ourselves. And then it it frees us. Yeah, that, I mean, that I've been reading a little bit about your new story, your book, your story, you know, your, the strength in your story and, and how you went and, and, you know, looked back through newspaper articles and found, and then, you know, exploded the town exploded as far as like memories of all of that and it is so interesting to take other people's perspectives of the Mm. same situation and you can piece together other things just like you told about in you know the the camp you know story with the other girl it's just like sometimes it's not us yeah it's it's somebody else's story that we're we're interjecting ourselves into that story, but we're making it about us and it's not really about us. Yeah. And it's the filter we put on it. Uh, and another example I use in my book is that we, a hundred of us could experience the same thing mm-hmm. and we all have a different story about it because we have a different filter. We're coming yeah. at it with a background of different experiences and relationships and knowledge and all kinds of things. A perfect example of that, a a very tragic, sad example is 9-11. Because the thousands of people who escaped the the World Trade Center towers Mm -hmm. and millions, if not billions of people who watched it 
Mm -hmm. on TV or watched replays or watched it unfold. And everybody has a different story Mm -hmm. because everything was slightly different. Yes. It's like a director on a film choosing which angle to have the camera from or Mm -hmm. from through who, which character's eyes, it changes what's going on. And the more we can look into all the other eyes, different angles, different filters, the more we understand and the more we're able to move ahead and realize that, well, really to heal that, the hurt places. Yeah, because I, I I see it as you, the more perspectives, then you can open up the perspectives within yourself to be able to heal and understand how that affected you. And, and you know, maybe some of the experiences you had in the past that, you know, kind of latched onto that, whether it was hurt or, you know, what you experienced. I mean, I remember being pregnant during that time and just being concerned about what the world's going to be like for my, you know, kid that's going to be born in a few months, you know, you know, and, but not everybody was in that same experience as I had there, you know, all sorts of different things, but there was, it's that, how do you tell the story of your story and the experiences you've had? Well, and, and really the key to that, to keep it as simple as possible is to make sure that you're telling your story. Don't tell anybody else's. It's not, it's not wise of us uh, to assume or to ascribe any thoughts or feelings to anybody else, because we, unless we were in their head and in their life there, it's probably going to be wrong because of our filter. So all we can talk about is facts of what happened and our own thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. And so that's super key. in when we go to share our stories to make sure that we are sharing our story, I am not, when I'm sharing my story, I'm not talking about my mother or my father or what they did or said or whatever, unless it's factual somewhere and can be looked up. (laughs) Right. 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 But that also brings out the, the gift that we have in each of our own stories, because that remakes every one of us unique. And we have our own story because it's from our perspective, from our experiences. Yeah. And so, yeah, we might feel that, oh, my story is so much like theirs Mm -hmm. or similar. Well, it's not because you are different from that person. So the story becomes unique and there's a different take on it. There's a different takeaway. Mm-hmm. And so something else that can inspire someone else. And quite honestly, anybody who's listening or reading or whatever our story to our stories, uh, they have their, they bring their own set of filters. So they're going to get what they need out of it in that moment. Yeah. And your story could be the one that inspires them to do something that they haven't done before or, you know, like hot air balloon. Exactly. <laughs> You know, that just might be, and because it's in your voice, your own unique voice, it might touch them in a certain way that actually, you know, moves them forward. And because sometimes yeah. we read things honestly, and it doesn't touch us, right? Exactly. It hit us. And sometimes we can read it years later and then it touches us. So it's really interesting about our place in our own stories and somebody else's stories. Yeah. And it gets exciting when you see how our stories intermingle and how we might've inspired someone. And then they say, oh, but you've inspired me. And like that part is so exciting. So yeah, love it. The ripple effect of that. Exactly. So you mentioned, you know, too, it's not just our personal stories, but you know, you have a business, you know, I have a business, 
we, a lot of people have are in business of their own or work for a business. How, how is this related to stories for businesses and how often are they, they're pretty much overlooked, aren't they? I mean, I think, well, I mean, I don't know if they're overlooked because there's a lot out there right now that like the whole marketing world has changed in terms of the importance of story Mm -hmm. and quite honestly, and, and maybe it's my filter because I'm in the story world that I see a lot of stuff around story, but, uh, stories connect us. They touch our emotions. And so when it comes to the business world, um, we want to share stories that get people excited, that get their imaginations going, that get them curious. And we see that in advertising on television shows. And if people are streaming and not getting ads anymore, then you're seeing less of it, but it's still out there. It's still on our social media feeds, all of those things. And the ones that grab our attention and make us want to know more or make us want to interact generally in some way, share a story Mm -hmm. that is often aspirational. So meaning that it's something that we want, that we want to see in our lives or that we ways we want to grow, Uh, you know, someone in business who is telling their story, but maybe they've got, they're doing it from a beach in the Caribbean or they're, you know, from in front of their car. I mean, there's a lot of it that's very staged, right? But it, it conveys this message in a lot of ways that if I follow what you're telling me to do, or if I do the steps you did or whatever, because you're telling me that story, then I will have these things in my life as well. And whether that's huge success, lots of money, lots of trips, being able to work from anywhere, all those things, it's aspirational. It's something, oh, I would love to have that. Yes. And so that's where the storytelling piece comes in. Now, what I'd like to see more of is people, um, sharing more authentic, real, not filtered, not uh, curated so much, even though I call myself a bit of a story curator, but that's the, and that's for a lot of the organizations I've worked with and the people that I work with in terms of finding those right stories. Mm -hmm. There's a lot um, social media with the advent of reels and Mm -hmm. stories and stuff. There's been a big trend to, put a story out there that's impactful in 30 to 60 seconds. And sadly, I find a lot of that, those trends are a little bit of trauma dumping Mm. because I liken it a little bit to a drive-by shooting. And I know that sounds horrible, but it's someone driving through a community, just spraying an area and hoping that you hit your target or, but there's a lot of unintended problems. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because we never know who we're triggering or whatever. And in 30 to 60 seconds, we cannot, there's no way that we can give our full story and the healing and get it to a place where it's positive and inspirational and um, motivational Mm -hmm. because that's not enough time. Yeah. And, And also we just don't know when you're scrolling through reels or stories, you're scrolling, scrolling, you have no idea what's going to come up next. Yes. There's no choosing of, oh, I'd love to hear this person's story. So I think we need to be really careful, especially now, because there's so, so many filters. I mean, when we see people like doing, oh, here's, you know, the glamour filter or whatever. I don't use any, but (laughs) my kids go through some of those just to be fun, you know, and I'm like, and it, and so you start to question how much of this is real in anything that's out there. So the more 
truthful and authentic and vulnerable that we can be with our stories and the good and the bad, the hard yeah. times, the the struggles, all of that, the reality, mm-hmm. rather than just saying, hey, you want your next $100,000 month? <laughs> Right? Like, it doesn't just happen like that. You don't just take right. a course, boom, it's done. Yes, yes. And, you know, that brings up a really good point because sometimes my brain doesn't like, oh, it's business, you know, these are stories, but the marketing piece are just actually stories. And the stories normally evoke some emotion in us. So really all that marketing, all those, the ads and things, you know, you, you, something that you want to aspire to, it brings out that emotion, you know, something you're yearning for or whatever, but then also those short ones are really emotion triggering, but like you said, they don't have the full story. So you don't go, you, you get the, the rise of emotion that, you know, that initial impact, but then you don't get to ride it out. You don't get to see the healing process or the, the, the lesson or the learning from it. And so it can, I don't know, to me, that would kind of mess us up a little bit, right? Because it's, it's stress triggering. Totally. And I I think that as a society, we don't even realize how stressed out we are most of the time by a lot of what we're getting on social media and what we're bombarded with, because we don't unplug enough. (laughs) Right. How often do we actually sit down and pick up a real book anymore? Well, right? you know what? These books are on my, you know, bedside everywhere I go. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to read 20 minutes or 20 pages a day. And you know how often that does not happen more often than I want to admit. But oh, me too. <laughs> I can spend 20 minutes scrolling. Yeah. I can spend much longer than 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. I know. I don't want to admit how that. How did so but... much time get uh, go by? Yes. And so, but here where, because it takes that instant gratification of, you know, learning things comes quicker and quicker and quicker. And in a book, we, it, we need to go through the process to totally understand the story in order to get the learning. We can't yeah. get those, you know, it's those, those headlines, you know, make a hundred thousand in a year, you know, in a month, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, we don't spend the time to learn that whole process and understand that, it takes a while. And oftentimes our stories takes years, right? They do. And, and really the whole legacy piece of our stories, I, I actually share in the end of my book, when I'm talking about legacy, that something my grandfather went through, I like, I I don't want to get too involved, but something that he went through with his children, it didn't have, I, well, not that it didn't. I think that a lot of people didn't see the full impact till two generations later when my brother, his wife had her stroke and the, the thought for his children and how he mentioned that the only way that, well, that he realized that he'd learned from my grandfather. And this is my birth grandfather and my stepbrother because I was adopted into his family. So he wouldn't have had my grandfather had that not happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But he learned from my grandfather's example. And so he had a choice to make when it came to how he was going to handle his wife's stroke and how he was going to wanted to raise his boys, the example he wanted to set. And this was after my grandfather had passed away. And so I remember chatting about it with a group of friends. And one of them said, like, that's two generations. Mm -hmm. Your grandfather might not know that that's the lasting 
legacy, yeah. lasting impact that he had that needed to have all these other dominoes fall mm. to be the example for my brother that it was. Yeah. And that just kind of, I don't, I don't know where this came from. This, this quote came from or where I've heard this, but you only really get to see 1% of the impact that you make. Right. And so that is just an example of like, we don't know what our actions and our stories and how it could impact somebody. And yet, you know, we read history stories about people. Do we think that during that time, they thought that was great too? Probably not. Exactly. Now, so, you know, generations later, it's like, oh, if that wouldn't have happened, like how life would have been different. Yeah. So the legacy is no matter what you go through your experiences, your legacy makes a difference. And I'm so glad that you help, you know, bring that out in people and share that. Well, I think it's so important. And it's, I think it's something, it's something as a society we've lost Mm -hmm. because in previous generations, I, from earliest man, (laughs) humankind, storytelling was practiced regularly. It's how people passed on knowledge. It's how we, we were, we have been able to accelerate civilization Mm -hmm. because someone figured out that a wheel works on a cart to help people move things faster. So it sped things up. But if they hadn't shared that and told that story or the traveling person Mm -hmm. visiting tribe to tribe wasn't sharing it, then that knowledge would have stayed right there. And then it'd have to be relearned every time. Mm -hmm. And so our job is to share our experience, our story, our knowledge, so that the next generation can build upon that. Yes. And so- Ah, oh, so much. And we could talk forever yeah, right. about this because I'm so passionate about the stories, you know, and the impact they can make on others. And, and just realizing too, my, you know, yeah, just because I don't haven't lived through tragedies that I read about and are inspired about these hardships that I don't feel like I've been through. We all have stories to pass on, on, on what we've learned. And mm-hmm. because we live it, it's normal. To us, it's just not normal to everybody else. Yeah. So yeah, and I can tell you, you have at minimum thousands of stories that can can and do inspire and encourage yeah. people every day. And and it's not just me, it's everybody. Exactly. Every day that you live, you have at least one story, if not more. You know, exactly. I try to I try to help my kids. They're like, what did you learn today? <laughs> and I <laughs> and I heard from another guest, I was like, well, maybe I should change the question to what did you mess up today? Mm. And then what did you take? What did you learn from that? Because that. we often think it has to be something great and, and we want to downplay our mess ups, but our mess ups really make it faster to learn. So exactly. Yeah. We learn more from failure and I don't like using the word failure, but it's out there. Yeah. Uh, than we do from success because yes. we learn what we should not do anymore, or we try something different or whatever it is. Yes, totally. Totally. So as we wrap up, is there any, is there one idea thought that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Uh, Well, I've probably said it at least 10 times, but 
no matter who you are or what you've been through, you have a story that matters. And so start finding those stories, start collecting those stories now, because you never know when you might need them, when someone else might need them. Very true. So connect with Kelly on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and her podcast, Epic Exchanges, where she interviews guests that shares their stories and of inspiration. So I'll put the links of, of all of those in the show notes and also check out her latest book, Your Story, Your Strength, as well as the book, The Gift in Your Story on Amazon and probably wherever you can buy your books. So thank you. Thank you so much again, Kelly, for being a guest on my podcast and helping us to realize that we all have gifts and strengths in our stories. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you found some value, insights, and something that resonated with you in today's show. If today's show spoke to you, would you please share it with a friend and go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening from and subscribe to the show so that you can be the first to know when new content and episodes go live. While you're there, would you please give it some love? Please like it, comment on it, and leave a five-star rating and review. Thank you so much in advance for taking two minutes of your time to do this. Your likes, comments, and reviews really help get the word out to more people who need to hear there are positive solutions for their life. I would love to connect with you. You can find me on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, whichever is your favorite platform, and let's have a conversation about today's show. Thanks for listening and have a great week.